Welcome to the Low J Book Club. Remember, if you go to the Book Club restaurant, mention that uh, you listen to the Lori and Julia Book Club, and you will get a free appetizer, a free dessert when you go there. With your meal. That's right, with your mm-hmm. meal. Thank yes. you, Julia. Yes. And right now, we are delighted. Linda Cohen Leugman is with us, and she's written her latest book, which is so wonderful. It came out earlier this summer, The Matchmakers Give. Thank you, Linda, for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We're yeah. trying to decide if we met you or interviewed you, but it was it would have been in 2020 for the Wartime Sisters. Do you remember? I, being, I feel like we did. we did. Like I don't know. Your voices sound familiar. No, yeah, I'm looking I at the cover, so. and I'm like, we, we read, know we've this talked lady. To you. We know Linda, and I yeah, think it's I just, feel like we did. Yeah. I, I I definitely feel like we did. Yeah, and it was just like 2020. That was like all just such. I mean, I know authors were you weren't going on your book tour. I mean, it was just such a fakakta year. I know. Year. Who know? Who remembers anything? That's like, right. right. <laughs> well, your latest. We've all blocked it out. Right. right. <laughs> but you are a wonderful writer. And um, you, this book, The Matchmaker's Gift, made it on one of the best historical fiction books of 2022. And we would totally agree. And if you would give our listeners a setup of your story, The Matchmaker's Gift. Sure. Um, So The Matchmaker's Gift is a dual timeline story. This is actually my first dual timeline story that I've written. Um, And it follows Sarah, who is um, a young girl in 1910 and she comes to New York. She's an immigrant. She lands on the Lower East Side and she very quickly discovers that she has a gift for seeing other people's soulmates. Um, And then it also follows her granddaughter, Abby, whose timeline takes place in 1994. And Abby has very inconveniently inherited this gift. Mm -hmm. Um, It is inconvenient for Abby because she happens to be a divorce attorney. So that's the problem for her. And this gift is more like a curse um, because it really gets in the way of the whole professional life that she's been trying to build. And also the professional life of, you know, in the Jewish tradition. I can't remember how you pronounce what either. the matchmaker's name yeah, are. It's, is. Yeah, a shadchan in Yiddish. In yeah. Yiddish. <laughs> I, yes. I didn't know that word at all when I first, when I started to write this book. You know, I I the whole way that this, that this book came about being written, I had never intended to write it. And I... It was just a, a, a crazy way that it happened. And when I first saw the Yiddish word for matchmaker, it was in this New York Times article from 1909 um, about a wedding that was on the Lower East Side. And it was the wedding of the pickle millionaire's daughter. And he, of oh. course, became the inspiration for this pickle king in my book. So it was really fun. But I, who knew that the New York Times was like having Yiddish words in their articles in 1910. <laughs> is, is that how you came on the idea to do the story or how did you come up with the matchmakers? Uh, gift so, as a yeah, story? No. So my daughter got sent home be, um, from college because of COVID and mm-hmm. she wanted to bring her roommate home because, you know, they were like getting kicked out in the middle of their junior year. Right. So we said, sure. Like, you know, they could like sort of extend their college time and we had a guest room, whatever. So she came and stayed with us and we were binge watching, you know, did you guys watch Indian yes. matchmaking yes. on Netflix? Yes, I so loved good, it. Right? Loved it. <laughs> so so good. So we watched that show and then she told me, she just like turned to me and said, My grandmother was an um an Orthodox matchmaker in Brooklyn. And there was an article in the New York Times also about her grandmother with this picture oh. of her grandmother on it. And it just made me start thinking about writing a matchmaking story. So it's not about her or her grandmother. Or right. Anything, but it's just it's that was what gave me the idea. Yeah, and it's so, you know, I, I know, I I don't know how much research, you know, that right. you did for the book, but it is, 
I think Julie and I have been to the Tenement Museum and the Lower East Side of, you know, Manhattan and, you know, Ellis Island. And it's so interesting to think about. Yeah, you could see how matchmaking from the old country, as people would call it, would be a fit as you immigrated to the United States. Mm For, you know, finding families that matched up and all of that. Same values. Yeah, you could see Yeah, it was a huge business. Yeah, it was a very big business back then. And I actually, like, did a lot of research because I had to figure out what time period I was going to write about, Mm -hmm. all of that. And I picked, like, I had this story started in 1910 because I found this statistic that in 1910 in New York City, there were over 5,000 professional Jewish matchmakers. And most of them, the bulk of them were men. So that, like, when I found that out, first of all, I was blown away. And then second of all, it just gave me this really great conflict for my story because Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to write about a young woman. So she is up against all these men who are really resentful of her for, you know, being able to do their job better than they can do it because she has this gift that they don't have. Right. And, and, you know, I think, Linda, I'm just thinking of like in our generation, the thing that I thought of matchmaking was always Dolly from Hello, Dolly. Right. So you kind of that image comes to mind. But but that Indian matchmaking was just brilliant. But it's the same thing. You know, look at your culture, culture that. Yes. The matchmakers. What's what? How do our values line up? And then women going up against all the men. Well, Sarah is wonderful. I just loved Sarah. She reminded me of different people's maybe. I don't know. She just seemed like a great woman. I just really fell in love with her. Oh, I'm glad that makes me happy. Yeah, she's. She, she, there are a couple things about her that are a lot like my grandmother, because my grandmother, Sarah has this tagline in the book that, that readers will remember. She always says, like, I see what I see and I know what I know, yes. um, which is just like such a grandma kind of thing yeah. to say, you know, <laughs> like they always have their thing. And my grandmother didn't have that thing, but she had her sayings, you know, that she, yeah. that would come out of her mouth over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I like, I like having a grandma that sort of repeats herself that way. Yeah. And, and- and- it just, I don't know. And the dual timeline, timeline. story really uh, was fun also because then having her granddaughter explore what it all means, you know, in the modern world and having her grandmother live to this long life. I don't know. It was just, we just loved it, Linda. No, thank you. Yeah, you know, it was fun. When I, I was, I think I was, you know, like I, you get where you, like we all get our best ideas, like on our walks with our dogs or in the shower or whatever, I, I came up with the idea of the granddaughter becoming a, being a divorce lawyer, like in the shower. I remember, like, I vividly remember getting out of the shower and saying, like, she's going to be a divorce lawyer. <laughs> well, and you were, you know, you're a very successful lawyer in your own right. I mean, you went to Harvard and then you went to Columbia Law School. And, you know, in reading some of your notes about the story behind the matchmaker's gift, if you're just joining us, we have Linda Cohen um, Logman with us. Um, that your mom wanted to go to law school, but her parents wouldn't let her. Yeah, she wanted. She never went to college. Oh, that was college, like the greatest, you know, disappointment of my mom's life. Yeah, that she didn't go to college, and I I deal with that a lot. Like actually, in my first book, in the two family house, because that was sort of that story is kind of based on my mother's childhood home, and like there's a character in that story. You know, back then, like a lot of parents didn't care if their daughters went to college, right. like, you know, in the fifties, like that wasn't really, nobody put a big priority on that. Yeah. I, I mean, Linda, I have to say I'm an avid obituary reader. And one of the things that I notice is in a lot of women who might be, you know, in their eighties or nineties in their obituary, 
it will say, you know, she, Evelyn was the first woman in her family to graduate from college right. or whatever. Right. It's a part yeah. of people's stories that you will see in, in a, you know, in somebody's life as they remember their parent. And I always think, yeah, that is really something because we have to think about it time and place. Yeah, no, it's true. My next story actually um, that I'm writing now is inspired by my husband's great grandmother. And she went to pharmacy school and she graduated from pharmacy school in 1921. And women <gasps> didn't do that either. You know, okay. that was like unbelievable. That just that gave me that. goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, how fascinating. How so, much fun to be a writer. Oh, I know. Do you like this more than practicing law? <laughs> right. <laughs> it is fun. You kind of like. It is a lot of fun. You you can you get inspiration from all different kinds of places. Yeah. So that's that's the good thing about it. Linda, we have to ask you because we really do love our historical fiction and we've had, you know, Kate Quinn and Fiona, Fiona Davis. I love Kate. And, love Kate. I, I mean, do 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 does the world of historical fiction writers do y'all know each other? I mean a lot of us know each other. Yeah. Not all of us. Okay. But Kate's I know Kate, and I've been lucky enough to meet Kate a couple times, and she's so lovely. She's she's brilliant. She Kate could oh. be like a like a history professor. You know what that? I mean? Like yeah. there are, I think, like to me, there are like the the historical fiction writers who are who really are historians mm-hmm. um, as well as writers. And I don't think of myself. I I think I'm I'm like history light. Like yeah. I love my history, but like I don't want to tackle. I did write the wartime sisters, which was set during wartime, but it was mm-hmm. a home front story. But I don't want to tackle World War Two with all the battles and yes. all that. Like that, I feel like I'm too nervous to tackle the, the, those some of those topics because and, the, the research is so intense. Well, in the like, diamond, I her last the one, pickle king. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. And and you know, there's a place for every all kinds of books. But I mean, Kate Quinn yeah. does go hardcore. I mean, that diamond, I the last book. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, but like, the research, the 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 I guess the charm. What we like in your writing is that you are very, very um, lovely uh, writer, and how you set up your set up the stories and stuff. They're just they're oh, very good wisdom. I look for the whimsy in history. Like I yes. like those funny little stories. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Like mm-hmm. I like like the Kanish War of 1916. Like yeah. that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a real thing that happened. And yeah. when I find out about those things, I get so excited. And I like those little things that like nobody has heard of before. But if you give me like, like research this battle in France, France, I, I, I close up because I get nervous that I'm going to get it wrong. Right. Like oh, right. I don't and, ever want to get something wrong. Cause it's true history and people know the truth. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. you know, and I, I like it, you know, too. um, you know, in this book, The Matchmaker's Gift, you know, the Jewish immigrant culture and how people were, um, you know, transitioning, coming from a country. And, you know, who would ever believe that in 2022 we'd have anti-Semitic rhetoric at this just terrifying. I know. Uh, loudness. I know. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, reading this book, it just, I guess it made me feel like everything is going to be okay, that people are good. That there's more good That's than so bad. That's so nice. That's a lovely way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I I hope so. I mean, it is a really scary time. I, I think that there have been, but this is not the first scary time. No, so it I think isn't. there's some comfort in that. You mm-hmm. know, I think that there this these things have flared yes. throughout history, and anti-Semitism has always been around. And I think for 
for an author like me, I try, I, I want to write those stories that are Jewish stories, but that also appeal to everybody because yes. to show, you know, we're all so much more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes me happiest is when people of different faiths and different communities write to me and tell me they've read my stories and it reminds them of, you know, people they knew or their relatives, yeah. even though they didn't have the same background. Right. Well, the um, book, your book is amazing, mm-hmm. Linda. It's the matchmaker's gift. We've got two copies to give away. But before we do that and say goodbye to you, um, what is the last great book you read, Linda? We have to ask. Oh, goodness. Um, I have to say it was this book called When Women Were Dragons. Um, and the author's, um, the, her last name is Barnhill. And it's just such an amazing book. It's it's speculative fiction, but uh-huh. it reads like it's history. And it's just, it's not, it's not about dragons. It's not, it, yeah. it sounds like it's like a Game of Thrones thing, but it's not. It's a really fantastic book. So oh, I sounds, highly recommend that. It sounds different. It sounds good. Well, we are so delighted to have you on again. And we can't wait to hear about your husband's great grandmother, the pharmacist. Will your that next be book. next no. summer? Um, it'll next probably fall. be the next one. Yeah, okay. I I don't think it'll be, I'm not like a book a year. It'll okay, be the good. next year, but All right, good. it's due I'm in glad. March. So we'll see. I'm All trying right. to finish it. I'm trying well, to go faster. <laughs> Linda, we loved your book, The Matchmaker's Gift. Thank you oh, for being with you us. Guys. Okay. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Fun to talk to you. You too. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.